Welcome to CooperCast, Go Ask Al, episode 29. This is your host, Al's nuthatch, John Sachs. We answer questions about the infamous Kapusta Christmas albums, who did the laughing on the overture to Child is Father to the Man, how to buy Cooper music from Japan, and Al's teaching days at Berkeley College of Music. After each answer, nearly the dog adds a brief canine rejoinder. Hey, Al, hoping you're well. Missed your shows. One show I remember the most that cracked me up was when you played the recording of you pranking your mother and you were speaking like an alien. My friends still talk about your shows and that one in particular. All the best to you. Well, there was a series of comedy albums that I made only for my friends I had a mailing list, I think, of 200 yeah. people that I thought would enjoy them. Right. And that's one of the things that was on some of them. Yeah. Is a, I set up a system where I could do that, where I could talk in real time, and it would be sped up to the person on the other end of the line. Right. And so I used that a lot. And I would call, you know, like people I didn't know, right? Uh, businesses, <laughs> and 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 I just recorded all this, and I think there were five comedy albums that I did all together. These are the Kapusta records. Yeah, they're called the Kapusta Christmas album. Right. And I put them out for Christmas every year. I think at some point we they may. Were, they were never on. CD because there was no CD uh, in yeah. that time period. You lent them to me, and I think at some point we may want to play some segments of them that are... Oh, that would be great, that, that were clean. That, that, that were clean <laughs> and that were not copyright protected. So, yes, the Kapusta records. All right, so that's, uh, that's from Drew. I think we talked about this, but uh, this, is a, this, is, this is a new one from John. I think we talked about it. He wants to know what the source is, who is doing the laughing during the overture of Child is Father to the Man. I think it was a sound effects record. Really? Yeah. Oh. If my memory serves me well. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. All right. It was a sound, it was, it, it, you know, I, I collect these bizarre records of things. Yeah. So I had this record of this guy laughing. He wants to know if it's the same laughter that was during the overture on I Stand Alone. I don't remember. Yeah. Eh. You know, the, the other thing is, I rarely listen to these records. Yeah. So, you know, and, and a lot of time has passed yeah. since I did them. Right. So... uh when I knew we were going to talk about an album, I'd re-listen to it right. so I could be more in touch with questions that you might ask me. Yeah, well, these are coming but, from all yeah, over the that, place. Yeah, I want to just express yeah. that. Yeah. Michael writes in just to tell us that, in case people are wondering, every title out recorded on is available in Japan in CD and vinyl, sold on Yahoo auctions in Japan and the best way for people outside of Japan to buy them is through buying services. 
Is through what? Buying services. One is named Buy-E, B-U-Y-E-E. They charge a small handling fee on top of the sale price. Airmail shipping or sea shipping is available. Figure a record to the U.S. by air is $25 on top of the sales price and by sea is only 15 but you have to wait three months for it to arrive. So people want to know. Well, if he, uh, if he had success with that in terms of the three months, yeah. because if you wait three months, you know, you probably forgot that you bought it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it came. Which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. But but if you're waiting for it to come, yeah. then that's that's hell. So uh, B U Y E E, you can Google that if you're looking to buy Al Cooper albums from Japan. Buy ye. Buy ye. It's probably cheaper than flying to Japan and buying your. I think so. Yeah. Oh, now this is kind of a nice one. I this is from Andre, and he says, "Hi Al." I just read your tape op interview. You were one of my favorite classes at Berkeley, Production Techniques, I think it was called. It was great because we didn't really do much work, but just got to listen to all your wonderful stories. The audio of the Beach Boys, Dad Drunk and Ranting at His Kids was great. Uh, I'm the Mother Tiger on YouTube and iTunes. So he's one of your students at Berkeley. Who, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I thought you'd like to hear that. Any other quick things that come to mind about your teaching period at Berkeley? There is a piece, I think it's somewhere on my website, mm. where I'm giving a lecture to a combined group of classes. I think uh, either you took the music out or it was taken out. Mm. So it just says what song is is playing mm. for about oh, yeah. ten seconds, right? And and then it goes back to the talk. So you don't hear any of the music; just a reference to what was played and mm. what was discussed. Yeah, but it's it's quite good. And that was one of you. Was that at Berkeley? Yes. Hmm. And okay. um, and the questions were pretty good. Yeah. From from the class. Yeah. I don't remember, but I I don't think it was an actual class. I think it was just people who were interested who who came, like a special lecture type. Of yes. Thing. Yeah. Berkeley. Uh, we could probably put that on if it's not on the website. I'll check. I'll see. I got to hang around at Berkeley at one point because I worked on their website, and it was it's such an interesting idea. A whole college of people learning just music. I mean, it's not like any other. Boston is full of colleges, but there's only... Well, there are other colleges that do that, but not um, not to the extent... Yeah, there's a lot of classical um, uh, programs, but as popular jazz and rock, Berkeley is just... I would imagine they were probably classical. Well, they recently absorbed the... Um, what's the name of it? Oh, I'm not going to remember the name. They, they absorbed um, one of the major classical uh, teaching places in Boston... Into oh, Berkeley. That was smart. So they've become more well-rounded. And also when I was there, there was no Americana, no old-time music, fiddle, any of that stuff. And uh, old-time music, banjo, and so forth is quite prominent now at Berkeley, which is interesting. The thing that I really dug about 
those kids was that I never heard them put down anybody else's kind of music. They dug everything. The jazz guys dug the rock, and the rock guys dug the jazz and the hip-hop. Everybody was just very positive about every kind of music. I, I really liked that. I, w- I had an, an interesting thing. I would look at the faces of the people, especially as uh, I began to uh, recognize the same people in, in each class mm. and wonder what you know they had to say. Yeah, that was my game with myself. Like, what's this person about here? Yeah. yeah. Would you ask them a question to get them to talk? If that was possible. Yeah. How many kids were usually sitting in front of you in class? Between 20 and 30. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. I would say at least 20. Wow. And you had to prepare a class, a topic. In- well, I, I, I should have, but... Um, I I would do it in my head. I did prepare, but I don't know. Yeah, I would write stuff down. Did you give those kids homework? Oh, yeah. What would be a typical assignment? I have no idea. Too long ago. Okay. So I was there from 94 to, say, 97. Yeah. So how long ago was that? Like 20 years? Uh. 22 plus 3, 25 years ago, quarter quarter of a century ago. Yeah. That's a while now. Yeah. When you say 97, it just sounds recent, but then you have to add 22 more years on, so it's <laughs> quarter of a century, 25 years. I think that was before the era of smartphones, so you didn't have kids that were all paying no attention to you and texting. No, I don't think that was happening, but they had some equivalent... To take notes, maybe. Because I taught in a photography school for a little while, uh, well after the year 2000, and it was impossible because the kids were doing nothing but texting all day. They were paying no attention to you. You'd have to take your clothes off and dance on the desk before they'd take their eyes off their phones. Uh, I'd rather have them look at the phones. (laughs) Yeah, well, technology marches on. Okay, but I thought that was uh, sweet that this kid really liked your class. Mr. Bad. Mr. Bad says, I saw the Blues Project in Central Park when they were recording the live reunion album, and if I remember correctly, Al had the crowd chant, Oh no, not again. I think this is right before Andy Culver played Flute Thing. It was pretty funny and always wondered why it wasn't included on the album. Uh, because I edited the album. And you took it out. Yeah, if, the, if that happened, I don't remember. You that. don't remember getting the crowd to chant, oh, no, not again. <laughs> he also wants, by the way, um, Mr. Bad also says that um, Gately's Cafe is on a CD. Uh, he's Korean, and he has it, and he loves it. So there you go. Well, write back to him and ask him how I can get one. Yeah. Well, Cause I don't have one. I would love to have one. All right. D. Volpe wants to know your opinions, please, on both Matthew Fisher and Garth Hudson. These are, well, Garth, we know, was an organ player. Was uh, Matthew Fisher an organ player? 
Well, I spent time with Garth as, a, as opposed to Matthew Fisher. Right. I think they were both amazing, probably Garth more than Matthew Fisher. What? Who did Matthew Fisher play with? Proko Harum. Oh, Proko Harum, okay. Where the organ was an important part of the sound. Yes. Well, it was when they started. Yeah, yeah. I remember... Why to show the pill? When they played... Sergeant Pepper on WNEW in New York, they played the whole album nonstop with no ads in it. And I thought to myself, what are they going to play now? They just played Sergeant Pepper for the first time ever on the New York Airways. What the hell is he going to play now? He played, the next song was Whiter Shade of Pale, which stood up. Was it new at that time? Fairly new. Not as new as Sergeant Pepper, but it was fairly new. And it, it had such a wonderful. That's a great record. Isn't it, though? Yeah. It's just amazing. I mean, uh, it's a great song, and uh, and the organ part is, you know, probably one of the most important organ parts ever played. It's it's not complex. It's very simple, but it's powerful. Well, it is complex in some ways. In some ways, yeah. I mean, he didn't play fast, tricky shit. Right. But uh, but he played beautifully. Was he also the singer? No. Okay, because the singer has a very characteristic voice. The, the, the voice on Whiter Shaded Pale is wonderful. Everybody loves it. I think that singer was Gary Brooker. I may be wrong. Mm. But By I love I yeah. that band. By the way, uh, Dee Volpe also says, P.S. Blonde on Blonde has not left my turntable, cassette deck, CD player since its inception my senior year in high school. Thank you. I think you should get a new CD copy. <laughs> CDs don't wear out. Al- vinyl wears out. CDs, they don't. Mm, depends. If you, if you don't take care of them, they do. Yeah. This has been CooperCast. Go Ask Al, episode 29, brought to you by the Kapusta Christmas albums. And you can also submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the CooperCast page. Mm-hmm. <laughs>